Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. Today is Friday. We are going to get away from the Fandom Friday segment because we had to carry over on Monday. So if you want to go back to Monday's show and listen to that Fandom Friday segment with Nikki Field, that was a great discussion that we had. Uh, so go back and check that one out. For today, we are going to talk about an uh, interview Nathan McKinnon did with Yahoo. Um, nothing really groundbreaking, maybe with the exception of his diet and uh, kind of the things that he's doing to keep himself in shape. Um, and we are also going to go look back at a moment of the season when the Avalanche dismantled the Nashville Predators for nine goals. Uh, that was something to watch. So we're going to play the audio from that and uh, just remember remember hockey because there is literally go- nothing going on. And to, to kind of prove that point, Jared Bednar did a interview for it, it was like this new series that the people at Altitude Sports have because everybody has time on their hands. So pretty much everybody's coming up with a show or a podcast or something to put on YouTube uh, because there's literally nothing going on. And it's a pretty good show. I, I can't remember the name of it. It's so good. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, but we're going to we're going to kind of talk about a Jared Bednar interview that he did on there. Uh, But first things first, like we always do, follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, or send your questions, comments, concerns. I know there's got to be some concerns out there. Um, Or if you want to be on the Fandom Friday segment, send everything to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com or get a hold of me on those social media avenues. To kind of just show you how nothing, literally nothing is going on out there, understandably so, on the Avalanche webpage, they have, uh, I don't even know if it's called anything, I think it's just a, a Avs weekly update, um, that this uh, Avalanche TV reporter named Rachel Richlinski, and I give her all the credit in the world because <laughs> trying to pull information, and I'm doing the same thing, just trying to pull anything out of anything to talk about. I have a little bit more leeway because I can kind of go in different directions and just talk about hockey in general um, or just kind of anything that I really want to talk about. If I want to do a segment not related to the avalanche, I can do that. I, you know, I, I, I will always keep it avalanche related, avalanche centered. But if there's something funny that's going on, I can talk about that. People like this, they, they can't really. It's, I mean, it is, people are going to avalanche.com to see things about the avalanche. And when you are pulling things, like how Gabriel Landeskog eats an apple, you're you're struggling. And and that's not to be down on them. It, it, it's <laughs> That's what the media has to deal with right now. It's pretty impressive how Gabriel Landeskog eats an apple. I don't know how he basically rips it in half with his bare hands. It's very impressive. But what I dedicate an entire segment, uh, more than this 30 seconds that I'm dedicating to it now, no. And it that's just the state that we're in. 
Jared Bednar went on an interview, like I said, with the um, the. It's I don't want to. I think it's. I guess it's a podcast. I, I mean, you could call it a podcast. It's called Sports Social, uh, and, and I think. I mean, I guess you know you could call it a podcast, whatever. But they they have video. It seems like they use Zoom and they put it up on YouTube. And it's a pretty long show. It's like a two-hour show, and they they pretty much cover all Colorado sports, top to bottom. So it makes sense why it's a two-hour show. So in the Avalanche section uh, of the show that they posted a couple days ago, Jared Bednar was on, and again, like, there's nothing new in what he said. I mean, yeah, he he did kind of talk about the, the three players that had tested positive for coronavirus said they're improving great that that's something that we want to hear that's good news he says things like he's remaining optimistic great um says things like it's a it's certainly a difficult time like everyone else we are in limbo and i think the uncertainty of the situation is what is tough to deal with tough to plan for uh i think the players in the organization you put a lot of preparation and hard work into every season I think in an ideal world that we'd be like to be able to come in and continue with the season and the playoffs. That would be the best case scenario for us, and we're still hopeful that that can happen. Great. I think maybe if because it's coming from the coach's mouth, and he hasn't done anything since the season was suspended in that last game against the Rangers. You haven't heard from him hardly at all. Uh, so, again, maybe if you're just excited because the coach has spoken – Sure, but there's there's nothing there that you can you can find any NHL article post season suspension, and they're all the same. Basically, we don't know what's going on, and I, I like the fact that he's an optimist. And maybe it's because you know I live in New York, which is the 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 worst place for this this virus to be. Maybe it's because I'm living there, uh, and I just don't see anything like that happening. And that, you know, I'm, I'm in the worst of the worst. I'm not right in New York City, um, a little bit outside of New York City. But um, I know a lot of people that live in New York City and that are not there right now. So I'm looking at it from the perspective of once it gets better here, then it will start getting better other places. Uh, sure, be an optimist all you want. I will always hold out that one or two percent that's maybe something good can happen out of this i don't know he 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 hopes it happens and i'm sure everybody does but we just have no idea and that's the gist of this interview is and i saw an interview with uh gary bettman uh, he was on cnn and he said the same exact thing and i'm sitting there looking at this i'm like why are we even doing interviews what's the point the, it's the same thing yeah we get it we there's really nothing else to watch on on tv uh, because everything is just bombarded with what's going on. Again, understandably so. This is a pretty big deal. Uh, but when you hear things coming out of the state of California to say we might not have concerts or sporting events until the year 2021, you know, that just makes you kind of reassess things like, okay, yeah, in smaller towns and smaller counties across the country, I'm sure this will probably get better a lot quicker than the Californias and the New Yorks. But last I checked, almost every single sport goes through those two cities, 
and I'm not saying those two cities rule the world, but you can't uh, leave them out. You know what I mean? If you're going to pick up a season, Rangers got to play. Now, they have thrown around the idea of playing it in a neutral site. That's a possibility. If once these cities who don't have uh, as much population, and if they are improving, move them there, you'd have to play it in a stadiumless arena. I, I think people would be fine with that. I think we are we are getting to the point. Some people were like this after one week of no sports. But now we're going on a month, over a month. And I think people are getting to the point where it's like, I don't care what you do. If you have to play in them in arena-less arenas, go for it. I just need some kind of sports back on my television. Uh, either way, whether that happens, whether the season's canceled, this is just a very odd time. And going this long with with no nothing no sports no movies you know which are now getting pushed back um even movies that are supposed to come out in the christmas season uh are getting pushed back or the rumors are they might get pushed back i don't know there there's just there's nothing to go on out there um and like i said the only thing that he really gave that i was interested in were the three players that had tested positive he said they're doing better uh, quote, they are feeling better. All those guys have been feeling better for quite some time now. So as far as I know, they're all doing good. Uh, back with their families, continuing to follow the guidelines, all that stuff. He, 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 that's, he says, like, all these guys have gone home. He stayed in Denver. Uh, but guys that live in other cities, in other countries, they have gone home. So they're staying in communication because, you know, we can do that through many different avenues. But this isn't just like when everything is better. Okay, we're going to start the season next week. No. It, it doesn't happen that way. So guys got to get back over here. They got to have some sort of quote-unquote training camp. I don't know. Again, I, I just don't want to beat a dead horse. I just don't know how it's going to happen. So clearly it's you know well documented that three Avalanche players have tested positive. According to Jared Bednar in that interview, they are all better. Um, and now it's hit another member of the Colorado franchise athlete. And that is Von Miller in the Denver Broncos. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that. You can go over to Locked On Broncos with uh, Cody, who will absolutely be covering that uh, to get all the information on that. But just sucks. You know what I mean? He's probably one of the more big-name players that has got it. And not that that matters, whether it's a you know number one overall pick or the you know uh, Mister Irrelevant. If any athlete gets it, if anybody gets it, it sucks. But uh, big name guy like Von Miller coming down with it, uh, take notice of that. So uh, again, just like everybody else who has it, hope he gets better. Um, Nathan McKinnon did an interview with Yahoo, and you hope if the rest of the team is doing what he's doing. With uh, his, his time off, uh, the Avalanche are, are going to be just fine if they are able to start this season back up and finish it, uh, even if it's just in the playoffs. He kind of goes into uh, detail about what he's been doing with his time off. Apparently he built, and I don't think it was just now, he built a 900-square-foot gym um, at his home in Nova Scotia, which, you know, we all have. So, you know, that's nothing new because every every person on the planet has a 900-square-foot gym. 
um, in their backyard. So, uh, but what he's doing back there is, is pretty crazy stuff. He's been working with Andy O'Brien, who I guess has been his trainer since he's 15 years old, which again, we all have personal trainers when we're 15 years old. Uh, and so nothing new in that aspect either, but, um, and, and I hope you can sense the sarcasm in my voice, but, uh, he's been working with him. He sends him, uh, new routines to do. And they asked him, what are you focusing on right now? And he said, I need to open up my T-spine. I don't even know what a T-spine is. I didn't know we had a T-spine uh, and keep my torso moving. I've had some AC joint sprains. Yes, he has. Uh, so I've done a ton of shoulder stuff these past couple weeks while social distancing. I'm a fast twitch guy. So also lots of movements, getting that deep burn in my quads and glutes. Uh, I'm going to, he's doing long bike rides after workouts and he works with Sidney Crosby. Whenever you hear Nathan McKinnon, you usually hear Sidney McCrosby there or Sidney McCrosby. Wow. Sidney Crosby. They're, they're pretty tight. Those two. Um, so they're usually working out together in the summer. He does lots of quick, fast twitch stuff too, which is why he's so good at staying low. So here you go. Can you walk me through an average day over the last few weeks? He says he's not setting an alarm right now. Uh, he's going to bed around midnight and waking up around 9.30 or 10. You want to know the last time I had 10 hours of sleep? Um, I think it was February of uh, 2000 and never. So his breakfast is gluten-free toast with some eggs and granola. During the season, he has a better breakfast than that, but he's alone right now and he's not cooking anything crazy. Hits the gym around 11. Do that for about an hour. Might shoot some pucks or do a bike ride, play some Fortnite, and then it's dinner time. Lots of chicken, salmon, and steak. And I usually cook some asparagus, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, sweet potatoes. Uh, right now, cooking is kind of relaxing for me. It gives me something to do. So uh, it's not the uh, who, who's that who's that swimmer for the Olympics? Phelps, Michael Phelps. His, the diet's not that. If you want to see a crazy, crazy diet, go look at the Michael Phelps diet. Um, I don't think anybody can keep up with that. That one in The Rock. I, there's a video of someone doing The Rock diet on YouTube. He tried to do uh, a full day of what he eats. And I think he threw up. Pretty sure he threw up. And he got maybe three quarters of the way through and just couldn't do it anymore. Way too much salmon. And it, it just was because the dude eats like every half hour. Um, maybe, maybe that's a stretch, but he has like seven or eight meals a day. So, um, but look at him, he can handle it. A normal person couldn't. So I think there's a video on that. And I think there's a video on Michael Phelps diet when he was training, obviously crazy, crazy stuff. But, uh, he's, he's not just, and I don't think any of them are just kind of like being bumps on a log, but I did a show earlier, probably a couple months ago how Nathan Kinn is now holding the rest of his teammates accountable. Um, and he's speaking up more and he's almost like the, the second captain on that team. And I would be willing to bet that he is doing the same exact thing right now, maybe even more so because he's going to be in the state of mind of we're going to be playing, whether it's going to be in a month or two or this season's done. And, you know, next season goes off when it's supposed to go off. The, if if he's doing the things that he's doing by himself and probably making his teammates do the same exact thing, 
they are going to be hitting the ground running. He is not taking a day off. He has had a cheat meal. He says he has had chips and guac, and he's had ice cream. Although he's you know staying away from the dairy free stuff, you got to do that every once in a while. Everybody needs some ice cream in their life. Um, but it's just you know he, he this is what he has become. He he has become the face of the franchise. Uh, to some extent, the face of the NHL, one of the big faces of the NHL. And I'm sure maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe he didn't. I was going to say, maybe he took like a week off just to decompress. But it would not shock me if he didn't. Because reading things like this, he's he's a machine right now. And he's 24 years old. And he knows uh, he needs to keep his body in the most tip-top shape. And uh, if you had any reservations about maybe that these guys are kind of taking some time off. I'm sure they did. Uh, but while uh, Gabe Landeskog is ripping apples in half, and I'm sure he's working out too, Nathan McKinnon is uh, he, he's on a, a daily regimen day in and day out of making sure whenever we get back to hockey, uh, he's not going to miss a beat. So early in the season, November 7th to be exact, Avalanche hosted the Nashville Predators, and for a period and a couple minutes, it was a dogfight, which you anticipate a division game being a game, you know, especially a game against Nashville. And then all hell broke loose for the Avalanche in a good way. And they pretty, this was the maybe the biggest beatdown I've ever seen the Avalanche give the, the Predators. And it was... It's always good because the Predators have been good for a very long time. They they kind of took a step back this this year, uh, and but this was early in the season. You know, this was at the beginning of November, so it wasn't like they were beating up on a team that was been struggling all season. Uh, I don't I don't know if people really thought Nashville was going to be as dominant with St. Louis being in the division, but they were still a formidable opponent. And uh, this early in the season, and with, with the with the Avalanche, they they struggle against Nashville, uh, and even you know they were eliminated by the from from the playoffs by Nashville a couple of years ago. So that's always in your mind. But when you play a division game, doesn't matter who it is, it's going to be a fight. And uh, it was just nice to see. You love watching a good hockey game, but you also love those games where you can just enjoy the third period and know that you got this one wrapped up. And that was absolutely this game. The Belmore line is on the ice to begin things with Nachushkin and Nieto and the Abs win it. Ryan Graves will find the red line and dump it in as Pecorine comes out to play it. Then off again for Graves. Gives it off Nieto. He'll find Kale McCall. Dancing along the blue line. Long reach. Shot. Score! He dials it up from way downtown. And 49 seconds in. Kale McCall, I believe, will have the tally. Have the one nothing lead. Avalanche. You go with Belmont. You go with Nieto. Nachushkin's out there. And they pin the Nashville Predators in. McCarr does a great job. That little stutter step right at the blue line. He throws the, the, the forward right there. Gets him out of the way so he can't be in the shooting line. Man could pass the puck. Oh, could he? Could also score the puck. Johansson gives it up top. Ellis with a wrist shot. Oh, and he scores. Inside of the post, it deflected inside the far post, and Nashville has tied it in one. Ellis just let it fly from just inside the blue line. Fascinating player. He is he's simply not the biggest guy. 
He is maybe 5'10", and there, you know, there might be a little, but he, everything is on net. I think he and, right now, in my mind, he and Yossi, if they're paired together, it's the best defensive pair in the National Hockey League. It's McCarr, McKinnon, a timer off the post. Both teams have hit the iron tonight. Back to McKinnon, that was a rocket. Wrist shot, Stop! The term they use, take away the eye. Pecorini is looking around, looking around, he cannot find McKinnon's shot. Pass Eric Johnson. Hope check there by Joe Hansen. Set ahead. Watch out. Forsberg shoots and scores. It leaked through Francois. And the Predators have tied the game at two. Blanche blue line right there. And then all of a sudden, he didn't, didn't even look. Now, did that look like he was on side? And they kept the play going. Here's Joe Hansen. Gives it up for Yossi. There's a shot. That's blocked. Flip down deep and scored. That just called up Grubauer and just fell over him. Here, just up and over. Prensos does not know where it is. Cut off by Smith. Got away from Fabro. Shoots. Blocked in front. Abs have a turnaround shot. Score! Giannis Donskoy gets it right back. The Abs have tied the game at three on Donskoy. Here comes Comfort. Down the right wing. Takes a hit from Yossi and Jost. Hammered by Joe Hansen. Well, we've got ourselves a hockey game here, Pete, as you talked about. Score! Ryan Graves from the point! He couldn't be any further at the top of the zone! You gotta be kidding me, the Abs back on top 4-3! Watch Pecorino in behind. He's, he was standing up. And, I mean, he didn't move. He, he was, watch Rene. He, he's standing up, the puck's coming through. Ah, it's tipped right there, I think. I think the Avalanche may have tipped that one in front. Most better, Jared Bednar, exactly right. Here's Burakovsky. He has a man in the slot, Gerard Burakovsky shoots and scores! Bang, and they're down 3-2. Zadorov takes one in the head. Abs try to poke it free, and they put out numbers here. Comfort down the right wing, has Vieto in the slot, JT to Vieto, Going away, he's got it. To the point, Kane. Finds McKinnon a bomb. Saves him. Score! On the rebound, Matt Calvert. I mean, Mosh, it, they're just working so hard. These are all hard work. Top, he'll walk it up top himself. Drops it for Johnson. EJ cut off by Watson. A little shimmy move, and he shot. He scores! The Caught by Graves, gives it up. Benito to Smith with a shot to score. He'll learn from it. Nice passing play, but again, we just get back to the idea for this Nashville club. They didn't quit. They haven't quit. By Francois and that little backhander. The Avs bring it up ice to get numbers. Donskoy down the slot. Donskoy shoots. Ryan Graves' his first career game winning goal. And we've come to the end of three periods of hockey here at Pepsi Center. As the Abs blow out the Preds by a final of 9-4. Yeah, so there you have it. I, I could listen to that all day long. Whenever I'm down because of all the coronavirus stuff, I go back and listen to the Colorado dismantling of Nashville. Uh, early on, it was a really good game. And, and you know, you heard all the goals. Uh, McCarr with the first one in the first minute of the game. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a good one. 
Uh, Nashville comes back. Colorado comes back. And then the two goals by Nashville pretty quickly, a few minutes apart from each other. Uh, and they go up three to two. And, you know, your, your mind's all over the place. You're like, hey, where is this game going to go? And then, you know, at that, that second goal when they went up three to two was a Duchesne goal on the power play. You know, that kind of just immediately rubs you the wrong way. And then it was just off to the races. Donskoy, 20 seconds later, Graves. Uh, another minute later, Burkowski. Another minute later, Nieto shorthanded. When that one happened, you knew things were just going your way. A couple minutes later, Calvert. Um, and then a few minutes later for that, Donskoy. Smith got a meaningless one in the third, and then Donskoy got a power play one later in the third. You heard all of them. Point-wise, 12 players with uh, points. Burakovsky, three-point night. Calvert, goal and an assist. Comfer with an assist. Donskoy, the hat trick. Uh, Graves, uh, uh, three points for him. Eric Johnson, two assists. So you have Jost, Kadri, and Kamenev with a point each. Four-point night for superstar Nathan McKinnon, goal and three assists. Three-point night for Makar, goal and two assists. Nieto with, with two points, goal and assists. So you got one, two, three, four, five players with three-point nights. How often does that happen? And then you got Francois, who wasn't on his game, clearly didn't need to be, but he did get the win. And, you know, Pecorine getting pulled, um, you know, does not happen a lot. Even Even if he's getting later in his career, you know, guys like him are, are gamers. Uh, and to get someone like him removed from the game, uh, you did well, gentlemen. So uh, love going back and listening to that one. So keep that one saved. Uh, and whenever you're feeling down, thanks to this coronavirus, just go back and listen to that audio because just when the ones start coming one after the other after the other, you can't help but have a smile on your face, right? So that will be it for today and this week. Uh, I apologize that there was no show on Wednesday. Uh, just have, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell everybody about it later on. Nothing too, too big that involves you guys, but I uh, just could not do a show on Wednesday. So apologize for that. But next week, we'll be back to the normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday routine. So have a good week. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Cover up. Distance. We'll see you guys Monday. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.